Welcome to Indie Game Business, where you'll learn to navigate the industry with ease. This show is produced by the Powell Group, the leading business consulting firm in the game industry. Visit us online at IndieGame.Business to get your free pass to our next digital event coming December 8th, 9th, and 10th, where you'll have more great sessions you can participate in for free and inexpensive passes to our industry-leading digital business-to-business meeting system. Also, make sure to donate to Extra Life. We've got a link down below in the description, or you can even join the Indie Game Business Extra Life team. That link is down in the description as well. Here we go, Indie Game Business. Hi, my name is Mark Mencher. Uh, I work in the video game industry. I run a company called Game Recruiter. I started off as a game programmer, uh, put five games on the market, and got into recruiting because I realized uh, that uh, someone who actually understood the production pipeline and what was really happening uh, would be much more effective in the job. So I've been doing this for 30 years. Uh, I've helped thousands of people obtain industry jobs. And of course, I've written quite a number of articles, some books, some editorials, and I stand on the board of quite a few colleges that are offering uh, game design programs, game programming programs. So that's just me in a nutshell. So thanks for joining us today. All righty, we're going to be talking about job hunting, and uh, so I want what everyone needs to know about job hunting. So, and of course, we're going to go through your resume presentation. We're also going to go through what LinkedIn should look like, um, and I think that's all the time we're going to have uh, for today. So, uh, what every job hunter needs to know is that the internet is your new resume. And uh, so it's quite important that we clean up our online presence or you're going to get rejected. In fact, 90% of all US employers have visited job hunters profiles on social networks like LinkedIn and Facebook. That is why it's most important to keep your profiles updated if people are going to these things and looking at you and then making decisions. Also 70% of US employers rejected people uh, based on what they found on them on the internet. So, wow, 70%. So it really makes sense for you to take some time to clean up your internet uh, presentation, a you know, even, you know, your reputation. The best way to do that is to open up Google, put in your name, and see what comes up. If there are things on uh, those hits that you don't like, that's the time you start to contact these websites, try to get these things removed. Uh, so you really want to get on there and clean things up. So great. What every job hunter needs to know is that the average person will have 17 jobs over the life of their career. So doesn't it make sense to learn how to job hunt and do it properly if you're going to be doing this 17 times? You must create and maintain a personal brand for yourself. And I'm going to show you an example of what that means. Uh, to stay employed, you're either networking or you're job hunting continuously. It's really the uh, double-edged sword uh, of both of them. I recommend that you find yourself a cheap database, something that's easy to use so that you can put people's names uh, into the database and code them as what they are, coworkers, uh, job leads, 
whatever that is in your system. Of course, I've been maintaining a database for 30 years uh, and that's how I run my business and it will be how you run your life as well. It really helps you stay organized. Uh, as we'll talk later on, LinkedIn is definitely a tool that you can use to help you in this process. But unfortunately, LinkedIn is not a robust enough database uh, for what you need. Um, obviously, uh, you need to have uh, an online demo uh, some sort of other internet presence besides just LinkedIn so that people realize that you're in this industry, you're participating, you're real. Uh, so really an online social footprint uh, is a must. Here's an example of personal branding. So you can see some of the ways that I am constantly branding myself uh, so that, uh, you know, I've got some sort of brand out there. Okay. Computers, not humans, are reading your resume. And I think this is the most important concept that we must communicate to folks. Uh, because if you continue to think it's 1970s and you're making a resume, yes, the paper resume you make or the PDF or the doc file starts the job hunt. People are going to take a look at your resume or your name, and then they're going to immediately launch Google and jump on the internet and do research on you. So yes, there's still some need for a, uh, a resume presentation, but really it's uh, all about the internet baby. And that resume presentation better be uh, something that a computer can read and digest. Otherwise, the game company has no idea you've approached them for a job. I can't tell you how many resumes I get that are so hostile that when I try to parse them, read them into my database, there's no name, there's no email address, there's no phone number. So of course this is what's happening. So if you're not getting responses when you're sending out your information, that's clue number one, that your resume presentation is just not working for you. You've picked the wrong digital format, you're using the wrong fonts, the resume is too complicated, and we're gonna go through some examples of that. So really death to your job search is a resume with complex formatting, columns, graphics. Oh my God, this is what freaks out a computer. Uh, computers are not smart, so we've got to play to that audience. So uh, that's uh, what we're going to be looking at. If a human does look at your resume, you've got 30 seconds. It's the year 2020. No one reads. No one wants to read. So there, you have to lay your resume out in a way to entice someone to actually look at the document. We're going to be doing this for your resume. We're also going to be doing this uh, on LinkedIn. So uh, because, of course, you've got one or two eye blinks and that person is off to something else. So what we must learn to summarize our value proposition. What can I do for this game company? What you, so this that and that's how you sell yourself. Not a whole paragraph of stories and things that, that make people read and then interpret. That is going to lose folks. Job hunting is like selling anything. You must realize you are the product. You're just like Tide soap. You're just like ivory. Uh, and so we're doing the same things that any business that is marketing a product are going to do, except you are the product. So that's why we're talking about demos and resumes and your websites, uh, your social media platforms, so that everything comes together to sell you properly uh, for your career. Don't take job hunting personally. Job hunting is a process of rejection and it's a numbers game. I tell people all the time, it's just like Pac-Man. No, 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 yes. 
If you don't get the no's, you're never going to get the yes. If you spent all this time in college or all this effort to train yourself to be in the industry, and then you're going to let two no's freak you out, and then you're going to go work at McDonald's, really? So you've got to stop taking it personal. A no today is not a no tomorrow. It's not a rejection for the rest of your life. It is just what was going on in that moment. So uh, realize that job hunting is not personal. All right, common mistakes that people make. Of course, a hostile resume that does not parse or cannot be read by a computer. Therefore, the human resources department at Ubisoft, EA, Microsoft, wherever you're applying, has no idea you've applied. They're not taking your resume and shooting it around the company. They're taking the file, the HR file, that is created from your resume, and that gets distributed throughout the company. It is the HR file, when a job opens up in a company, that gets matched automatically against uh, your resume and the resumes in the company's database. And up comes a list of the 10 or 20 candidates that possibly fit for the new technical art manager job that they just entered in the system. Now, if your resume is not coded correctly and your database file is not coded correctly, you're not going to be considered for that job or any new job that comes up over the next year or two when EA or Ubisoft or Microsoft look at their own internal database. So obviously, we need to create a resume that reads to three audiences. One, a computer. Two, someone in HR who may not necessarily understand all the jobs uh, in the industry, who may also not understand the history of the game industry, and then we, the third audience is the vice president, the hiring manager. So these are the audiences that we're addressing to. Another thing that does not work for people is a generic resume or a generic demo submitted to the world. Are you kidding me? You must customize your resume presentation and your demo to every company you approach. Do you think EA Sports wants to look at your science fiction images, and then they're going to look at the fact that you were able to do the Star Trek Enterprise and go, oh, he can do that, then sure, she'll be able to do a football field. Absolutely not. If you're approaching EA Sports, you show them sports. If you're approaching a sci-fi company, you show them images that they want to see. That's how you're going to get a job. So, of course, as a programmer, as a designer, at any uh, career, you need to orient that presentation toward the company you're approaching. Now, I realize for artists, this is going to be the most difficult thing in the job hunt uh, because, of course, you've got a portfolio. And uh, your style may only be limited to one type. You may not enjoy working on a variety of styles, whatever that is. So you may want to then design your job hunt around the companies that creates the type of art you create. Therefore, if you're a photorealistic artist, go find the companies that create photorealistic games. And therefore, that could be the way to narrow it in. Otherwise, yeah, I'm asking you to customize your demo per company, and that may mean creating an, an asset for that company so that they can, you know, What's going to get someone's attention so you stand out? If you email the art director at EA working on the Bond game and sent them an image that they could use in their current game,
Do you think that's going to get attention? Of course it is. Do you think that art director is going to remember your name and think about you when there's a job opening, even before they go to HR to approve the job rec? You better believe it. So I know that's some extra work, especially for artists and maybe for some game designers if you're making a pitch and approach. Uh, but it really is the way to get the fantasy job and a good job, not just some average job that anyone could get that you see advertised on the Internet. That's not what we're going for here unless you want a boring job like that. All right. Another thing is proper game industry terminology used in the resume. You need to communicate that you work in the game industry and you understand what's going on. If you're missing key things, free to play, monetization, analytics, of course, these are the current buzzwords of the industry, the live ops, these things need to be in your resume, whether you're a producer, whether you're a game designer. Uh, so, you know, you need to be able to communicate that. Another mistake people make is assuming the resume reader knows a thing about the game industry. I am sorry they do not. They do not know that the company you just left went out of business, had nothing to do with you, and you're not a job hopper. So you need to indicate these kinds of things in a resume and help tell the story. Tell your story and your journey in your resume so that people are interested to continue conversations with you. And uh, the, the last thing that people do that's a big mistake is they only respond to job ads or they only approach human resources. Look, human resources is set up to keep you away from the hiring managers. I know that's kind of weird, but that's really what it's all about. I understand that as a hiring manager, that's really not your job. You're really a lead programmer. You're really a tech director, whatever it is you are. And this is just part of the job that you've just got to deal with. Uh, but truly, do you want to be uh, one of 3,000 resumes that responded to the same job ad off of Monster or Indeed? Or do you want to be the person that stands out? I personally want to be the person that stands out. That's how I'm going to get the job. That's how I'm going to get the higher compensation. And that's how I'm going to do something that really affects my career. So uh, that's about that. Let's move on because we want to make sure we get through all this. The resume's only purpose is to get you an interview not to disqualify you. I can't tell you how many resumes I read where the person basically disqualifies themselves. It's quite something. So we really need to make sure that, uh, that you understand the purpose of your resume. You need to be succinct. We cannot make people read or interpret. That is death. So it's gotta be uh, communicated in a succinct way. And please forget the 1970s rule of one resume. We are in the digital entertainment industry. It's going to take you about two, two pages. It can go to three pages to tell us what you've accomplished in the jobs that you've had. So talk, tell us. Tell us what you've done. Tell us what you've created. Tell us what you learned. That's what a resume is about. It is not a repeat of a job description. All right, so we need to present our skills in a way to capture attention. So we're going to take a look at some of those op options. Okay, best digital format for your resume is Microsoft Word. Every computer on the planet knows how to parse and read a Microsoft Word document. PDFs are okay, but you must save the PDF as a text file. People using an Apple product will automatically be forced to save their, pro their PDF as a text file. People using a PC computer must learn how to save it properly. It will not save it properly. I'm not a fan of PDFs. Really, Microsoft Word is the way to go. 
simple format, no tables, no columns, no sections, no resume templates. You do not need to freak the computer out. Your goal is to make sure that your internal HR file is perfect. Every skill that you have is listed. You are considered for every job that this company opens up. Avoid stylized fonts, novelty fonts. Really, the best thing to do is to stay in the Serafina family. And of course, Arial and Times New Roman are two of those uh, uh, fonts. And again, do not mix graphics, text, and fonts together. Let's take a look. This is absolutely a no. It's a beautiful resume. But unfortunately, there's a lot of errors. And as you can see, it's in boxes. It's got images. It's got oh, too many words. I don't know where to focus my eye. Not only do I know as a, as a human not know where to focus my eye, believe me, a computer cannot digest this in any way, shape, or form. Complete reject. This person did not even get into the computer system. Number two. Another perfect example of graphics gone wild. I'm not even sure how to read this. Do I read it right to left? Do I read it left to right? What am I looking at here? Computer had no idea what this was. This person never applied to anybody, anything, and then wonders why they can't get a job in the industry. So clearly you can see what I'm talking about here. No, another example. We've got section sections. We, you know, we've got color, we've got images, we've got colors. What is this? Again, where do I focus my eye? Where's the data? This is a confusing mess. So it communicates, where's your brain? To tell you the truth, this is how you communicate. What are your game design documents gonna look like? What are your comments to your code gonna look like if this is what your resume presentation looks like? Come on guys, this doesn't work at all and a computer can't even digest this. Next, looks a little better. Again, though, columns, sections, uh, not so much use of graphics, but this just did not work. The PDF was not saved properly. And frankly, that skills and competency section, really? Any, you think any of that's gonna be picked up by a computer? Not really. So uh, excessive bolding all over this resume. I don't know where to focus my eye. Again, this is just a nightmare uh, and it's not working for this person at all. Skills, really? There's two issues with this already. First of all, it's a graphic image, so the computer will have no idea you know Unity or ZBrush, it'll get none of this information. The second problem here is this person is prejudging their own skills. Well, I don't wanna hire someone who's only uh, four and a half on UE4 blueprints. I'm looking for an expert, reject, really? What you just did was not let your resume work for you to get you an interview. The interview is about you telling someone, all right, I only have three months of, you, of, of, you, of Unreal. But when that happens, you've become a human being. You're no longer a piece of paper. You're no longer a resume or something on a screen. And the person either likes you and gets engaged with you. So therefore, if you need two months to come up on Unreal Engine 4, all of a sudden, that's not a problem and you're no longer a reject. So this is why you do not judge your own skills in a resume, you just list your skills and allow the interview process to take to go to go from there. Okay, so here is a great example of a resume. So simple format. It's what the computer expects to see. It's what a human being expects to see when they look at a resume. I know it's boring. 
We're trying to get a computer to read it. If you want to show your creativity as an artist or a game designer or whatever you are in the industry, that's what your online demo is for, not your resume. So this is just a great example, and we'll dive into some of this as we move forward. Your resume, only bold what sells you. We are not selling the game company. We are selling the fact that you were a senior producer at the game company. We are not selling the University of California, Berkeley. We are selling the fact that you have a PhD. <laughs> so think about what you bold in your resume and only bold what sells you. That's your name. That's the titles you have held at the company. That is the game titles you have put on the market. And that is the degree you have obtained at college. Okay, do not make people read and interpret. Really? What is this? This is not a one minute, one blink your eye experience. Sorry, that's not gonna work. This is a one minute blink your eye experience. And look how I answer every question that someone has about hiring an executive producer. What does everyone wanna know about executive producer? What platforms, what genre? Do you know agile, live ops? You know, I mean, these are the questions what, you know, that everyone is asking. Give them the answers right there. Focus them on what you are right under your name. You see what I'm saying about clear and concise communication? Let's move on. Don't assume the reader knows anything about the game industry. So here's an example of me explaining who Killer Games is and that the company went out of business in 2020, and that's why I'm job hunting. Otherwise, I would have stayed there for five more years. So this is helping people understand that I bring console experience, company went out of business. So that's what I'm talking about, but giving a little bit of a definition. If you've held multiple jobs at the same company, indent that so that visually people get it. Because if you're only swooping the resume with an eye swoop, if a human is looking at it, you definitely wanna make sure they get that you're not a job hopper and have four, three jobs, that you've really only had two jobs in this time period. So you can see how visually, there's just no way to make the mistake, even if you don't read and digest, you can see what, what is going on here. Contact information of your resume. Do not allow for confusion. Computers are not smart. If you put in your employer's address, it may get confused with your address. If you put in your supervisor's email or title, it may get confused with your email and title in your, in your database record. Uh, reference information with phone numbers. So please, uh, your resume is not about giving out references. That is done at a later phase uh, in the interview process. Do not include references in your resume and do not confuse a computer parsing the information and making them choose which is your information and which is information of somebody else's. Obviously, that's a clear thing. Great, use industry jargon and terminology. So um, now some people struggle with this. So the really the quick workaround for this is to get on the internet, go collect five or seven jobs, producer jobs. Who cares if their jobs you'll, you'll answer? Who cares if they're still active jobs? You're looking for the, the words, the terminology that you're gonna hijack out of those jobs. After you've collected seven, eight, 10 jobs, Start to look at those jobs and cut and paste out the sentences. Oh, I did this on my job. Sure, I did this when I was doing that game. Cut and paste, cut and paste. 
and then you'll be able to rewrite those sentences uh, in in action statements and in accomplishment statements, and of course, customized to what you actually did do. But this is how you're going to get the buzzwords like live ops, analytics, whatever those buzzwords are for your specific uh, specialty in the in the industry. Uh, that's how you're going to make sure you're using the current stuff if you're looking at ads. So that's just a quick workaround to help you construct the inside of the resume. Let's move on. So here I have uh, swiped a senior producer job from Coast Bunch Games. Uh, here's the, the big job description. I'm pulling apart the job description, project schedules, timelines, tracking milestones, managing arts, artists, programmers, got it. So these are the concepts then that get put into my senior producer job, just, you know, uh, explanation of what I did on the job. Um, uh, now, what I'm missing here is, of course, more accomplishments, which, of course, uh, you know, that was my error in this example. Uh, so, uh, but we'll do that. Okay. In your resume, use action words, not these deflating words, partially no. I don't know. I see these deflating words all the time. Really? Take power, take control. You are a game designer, you are a game programmer, you are a game artist. Even if you have minimal experience, present yourself in a positive way with positive action words, not these deflating, uh, I know 30% of 3D Studio Max. Really? Okay. In your resume, tell the truth. Do not lie. No one likes a liar. We're going to be checking you out on the internet. If your internet story and your resume story don't sort of tell the same thing, uh, you're going to create a feeling of mistrust. That doesn't mean you can't customize your resume per company you approach. As long as the story is the same, as long as you were at Game Recruiter from 2000 to 2005, in all your resumes, that's fine. You, of course, can customize what you did at Game Recruiter or what you're highlighting about your position, uh, yeah, especially if it's toward a specific job you know you're applying to. Uh, that's fine. But to if the dates are wrong, that's going to, like, raise people's flags. You need to spin the truth in a positive way. You know, the game industry is, uh, you know, it, comp companies come and go. And sometimes it's just not a fit. So sometimes I meet candidates who've got three months, four months, one month. Sometimes they're all contracting jobs. Sometimes it's just bad luck. But, you know, to have three, four, five jobs in a row that have small durations just doesn't, it's not a positive communication of who you are. So I'm talking about spinning the truth in a positive way. How about opening up a consulting firm and under the consulting firm list all those short-term things that you did wrap it up into the consulting firm, and therefore you've taken away all the job hunting and put it into a time period that sort of makes sense. Then during the interview, when you're talking to someone, you can explain to them that that's how you handled all that movement because you didn't like the emotional reaction your resume gets when you did show all the movements. It's very simple. No one's going to uh, cause you harm. You know, no one's going to accuse you of uh, being negative. So that's what I mean about editing the gaps in your resume. Uh, of course, you want to take credit for the work you accomplished just because the business heads, the suits at your company could not keep the funding going, does not negate the fact that you worked on this game, that you created these assets. Doesn't matter that the product didn't make it to the market. You still want to take credit for what you did and you want to tell us what you did so we understand what you could do for us. 
when I hire you. So, um, and if you have to, you're not comfortable putting things uh, under consulting, you need to explain your job movement in the resume. Okay, ending your resume. You wanna bold your degree, not the school. You wanna list the degree first, then list the school, then just list the year you graduated. So that's what we're expecting to see. Now, there are over 300 colleges in North America that teach game programming or game art or game design, whatever that is. Unfortunately, some of them have great reputations and some of them don't. If there's something special about your degree, you should tell people that. Full Sail, for example, makes their students do 900 hours of C++ programming. That's more than Harvard's four-year degree. That's more than Stanford's four-year degree. So one could argue that Full Sail's degree in game programming is pretty rocking. So that's why you want to explain something like that, just in case the resume reader who knows nothing about the industry and certainly knows nothing about your school, unless it's called Carnegie Mellon University or Harvard or Stanford, you know, so that's why you want to explain things in your resume. You have got to check out our Discord at discord.gg slash business. It's an amazing community of over 3,500 other industry experts. We've got developers, publishers, marketing and PR firms, investors, so, so many, so many. It's safe and supportive place to network and to talk to experts. You can learn more about the business of games or you can share what you know with others. We have exclusive workshops on perfecting your pitch deck finding a publisher and more remember it's discord.gg slash indie game business okay linkedin linkedin is the best resource for your career i recommend you use it as your central hub you link your Facebook, you link your demo, you link everything to LinkedIn so that it's a central place. So if someone looks at you on LinkedIn, they know where to go. If someone goes to your demo, they know to go to LinkedIn, vice versa. You want the stories to all be the same or similar. And uh, yeah, LinkedIn is your friend. And I'm not talking about the automated job hunting in LinkedIn. I have no idea what that does. That scares the bejesus out of me. Really, they're going to somehow protect my me from my current employer knowing I'm job hunting. How is a computer going to do that? I don't trust that. So this is all manual, what I'm teaching you how to do. First of all, let's make sure our LinkedIn profile does something for us. You've got one minute, just like in your resume. So we need to look through that LinkedIn profile and make sure that we're presenting ourselves correctly. So number one is your photo. Um, the photo is pretty important. So let's go over that. I've got some statistics. Let me go find those statistics. All right. Uh, the likelihood surveys show that employers are turned on by headshots, period. The likelihood that your profile will get viewed increases tenfold, tenfold from using a headshot rather than any other picture. So, of course, you want to get noticed in the industry. Why would you use anything but a headshot? So it, the photo should be you, only you, not your family in the background, not distracting stuff in the background. Try to find a shirt that you're wearing that's a, a, a color 
uh, I had to go through thousands of photos. I pulled this picture out of who knows what. I'm with 15 other people in the photo, but you can't tell that. Uh, so that's what you need to do. No cartoons, no funny images. Make sure you have good eye contact. You have a smile on your face. You're friendly. You're approachable. It leaves the impression, oh, this is a nice person. I want to talk to this person. Not a photograph that leaves the impression that you're a mental case and click to the next profile. So I'm sure you know what I'm talking about when you see photos. So that's why we want to take a look at that. Okay, your headline. Let's change the headline. The headline is getting you attention. Let's not allow uh, LinkedIn's default headline, which is so boring. It basically picks up your title of your first job. No thanks. This is a really opportunity to sell yourself. So uh, we definitely want to take a look at the headline. Here are some examples of what I mean about changing your headline. If you take a look at my LinkedIn profile, you immediately see that I'm game recruiter, mobile console, MMOPC, that's what I specialize in. But if I was a programmer, right on the headline, rendering, server, AWS, multiplayer, the core things that sell you is what you're doing. As an artist, here are some examples as well. And of course, as a designer, the core skills you bring. So you really want to hone this and make sure you're really thinking about the best skills you've got because you only have a few, uh, few lines or you know, a few words you can use here. Great. Next job titles use your co common industry titles look ea has 20,000 employees microsoft has a hundred million employees a software engineer three at ea is not the same as a software engineer three at ubisoft it's not the same thing as another company you can't use these bizarre titles software engineer three yeah i was a leading a team what do you mean you don't know that i was leading a team as a software engineer three no that's a, that's making the resume reader assume interpret if your title is something that is not communicatable, that does not express what it is you are, change your title on LinkedIn. It is, you're not, you're communicating to a wide audience. So if you're a software engineer three, change your title to lead engineer or to engineering manager. If as a software engineer level three, you are managing a team that communicates to gen pop, to the general audience, you know, what you really do, not software engineer three, which doesn't make any sense. So that's why I'm recommending you use common ga a game industry titles so people get who you are and what you are. Uh, great. Your summary. So just like in the resume, right in the summary section of LinkedIn, throw this in. This is what sells you. Not five paragraphs. Not things I've got to read. People are looking at your profile, blinking twice, yes, no, moving on. They are not sitting there and reading it for 20 minutes. LinkedIn is not a duplication of your resume. LinkedIn is a, is a teaser of your resume. Uh, so uh, it's an even more succinct way to communicate your background. So that's why we're talking about doing something like this in your summary section and leave it at that. Okay, your work experience, use keywords and industry jargon. You must not, you know, you're not rewriting a producer job description when you talk about a producer. You, a little bit of that is happening, but you're also, a, you're giving them your accomplishments and you're backing up those accomplishments with facts and figures. If you created a feature based on KPIs and that feature raised revenue 25%, that's what sells you to the next company. 
That's what you put down in your resume and nothing else. Great, the skills section. Think of LinkedIn as a search engine and the skills section as an SEO. So uh, the statistics are uh, with the skills section, let's take a look at my notes, sorry about that. Uh, according to LinkedIn themselves, profiles that have skills get up to, up to 17 times more views and attention than, pro, than, than profiles that don't. So, okay, we're job hunting, we want attention. So that photograph and that skills section is really quite important. So um, you are limited to about 50 to 50 keywords to 50 skills. So make sure you are, uh, you know, showing all the skills that you've got there. You know, it's really, uh, really quite important. So that your file, your res your file comes up all the time when people are looking for a game designer, for an artist, that kind of that kind of stuff. Add web links to your LinkedIn profile, your demo, your blog, your Twitter, your YouTube, any Discord, Facebook, anything you're using, uh, you know. Make sure uh, that you're linked. And by the way, guys, you know we don't have time today to go into your other social media platforms, but clean up your Facebook. Your Facebook uh, work section should have a link to your LinkedIn profile. It should mirror your LinkedIn profile. Yes, he worked at that company. Yes, he worked at that company. You don't need any of the details like you have on LinkedIn, but you know, Facebook and LinkedIn should sort of tell the same story. It makes me feel that I trust you. It also makes sense. You're job hunting. You want to have, uh, you want to manage that. So make sure Facebook is, uh, or Discord or anything is properly filled out and the web links are back and forth reciprocal. On Facebook, I really recommend you lock Facebook down. Meaning that if I am not your friend, I can only see what you want me to see. Believe me. People in human resources will jump on your Facebook page. I had a candidate once. She was, it was her goodbye party. They were going to make her an offer. However, the Facebook pictures didn't really reveal what that was. And they show it, it they showed a picture of a woman at a party with all these guys drinking alcohol, cigarettes in her hand, who know, it looked like who knows what else was in there. So guess what? She lost the job. They didn't make her the job offer based on the photos they saw, which were totally innocent. But you could see how they'd be taken out of context. It was her going away party at the game company. And I'm sorry, 75% of the people at the game company are guys. So that's, of course, what happens. Uh, but so this is why I mean lockdown Facebook and any of these other websites so that people are seeing what you want them to see, not what uh, they want to see. I have people in Facebook that are my friends, personal, business only, categorize them. This way uh, you have control of what's going on. I know it's a lot of work, but uh, we really want to maintain our presence on the internet and have a positive influence. You know, uh, LinkedIn profile, a vital component to your LinkedIn profile in, uh, are endorsements and recommendations. Uh, endorsement of your workability and your skills uh you want to go to coworkers. you want to go to supervisors you want to go to clients you've worked with uh, that all affirm your accomplishments what i do is look even your best friend at work you work with a person for 10 years you leave people are self-focused they barely will remember what you do or what you did they only remember what they do 
So help with someone out. You're going to ask someone to give you a reference. You're going to ask someone to post something on the internet. Write the reference for them. Write the, write the endorsement for them. Send it to them and say, hey, I wanted to give you a leg up. Here's a copy of my resume so you can refresh their memory about who you are, what you did, where you came from, because believe me, they won't remember that you saved the project. They'll sort of remember that they saved the project. You know how it is. We're all humans. So um, so help your, your references and your recommendations, provide a, re a recommendation and reference for you. Let them edit what you gave them, but at least what you get back from them will be what you need, which is supporting the things in your resume about what you said and what you accomplished. And you know, so uh, it just uh, goes a long way because recommendations are basically received and land as references for you. So uh, that's why it's so important in the LinkedIn profile to make sure you take the time to have your recommendations uh, there. Great. Group. So now we've got basically our LinkedIn profile organized. It's gorgeous. It's time to join groups. Groups is the most powerful way on LinkedIn to increase your network. Now we're talking about your second degree network. And think about it, if you're networking or you're job hunting in the game industry, you want to make sure you are dialed into the game industry. So LinkedIn allows you to join 50 groups. I recommend that you join 40 groups. Leave 10 open so that in the future, you can find other groups that you may need to join for who knows what purpose. You want to find the largest groups you can find. The, uh, and of course, don't forget to join the International Game Developers Association group. Don't forget to join the Game Developer Conference group. Don't forget to join DICE conference, not DICE job hunting resume, DICE conference. Uh, there's also some mobile conferences. Join those conferences. That's going to add a good 100,000 people in your second degree network. Now, why is that important? Because when you're job hunting or you're networking or you're looking for a client, if you don't know who the senior vice president is at Ubisoft because you're not a number one connection with that person, you're not going to find you're not going to get their name. But if you share a group because you both are part of IGDA or you're both part of GDC, then the LinkedIn's going to come back to you and say, yeah, Mark, Tom Smith is the senior vice president over there. That's who you need to talk to. See what I mean? Because if we're job hunting, we're not answering job ads. We're not being lazy. We're approaching people every day, uh, you know, for uh, employment because it's a company we want to work for. So we need to be able to identify the people that we're going to be approaching or people we're going to be approaching for either a job or to be a client or, or whatever, whatever your purpose is. So that's why groups are so important on LinkedIn. You want to join the largest groups possible. If you're an artist, of course, all the art groups. And of course, don't forget uh, Photoshop. Don't forget 3D Studio Max groups, you know, groups that are related. Game designers, the same thing. You know, so and groups are uh, powerful for two reasons. You're going to want to uh, be able to um, when you blog on LinkedIn, if you ever do that, your first degree network and your second degree network then get banged. And that's what you want to do because you blog about something about your expertise. Um, and, you know, and you'll notice that that's what I do because that's how I'm branding and marketing myself just like you are branding and marketing yourself. So you'll notice that I'm always posting on 
job hunting, career development. So it's always, I'm hitting my network with Mark Mencher, job hunting, Mark Mencher, career development. And that's what you want to do if you're a producer. It's Mark the producer. It's Mark live ops. It's Mark analytics. You see what I'm saying? And you want to make sure that people get that that's what you are and that's your expertise, because what's going to happen is that opportunities are going to come to you on LinkedIn and other resources when you continue, when you start to blog and you start to talk to people about your expertise. So that's why the groups are really important. It's to increase your second degree network. And then of course, to uh, be able to use that second degree for either approaching or for blogging or whatever the situation is. So um, that is quickly going through a LinkedIn profile, uh, putting together a resume. Uh, we only had uh, about 50 minutes for this. So I wanted to make sure I was able to open this up for questions. I apologize. We didn't get to putting together a job hunt itself, you know, a list of companies to approach who cares about these job ads and Answering job ads is like uh, playing the lottery. Yeah, one person out of a million or two wins it. And yeah, one person out of a million or two gets the job off of an Indeed job uh, ad. But that's not what we're playing here. We're playing, we want to do a job hunt that's assertive, that's aggressive, that, uh, that results in the fantasy job that you're looking for, not some average boring job that anyone could get. Uh, you know, and that's, and I'm sorry that we didn't have time for that today, but, uh, we'll definitely do another presentation when we go into how to exactly organize and then deploy your job hunts. So let's, uh, open up for questions and see what's going on out there. Um, and I think I've got some help from, uh, the guys on the team to tell me what we've got going. Um, where are comments? I think I'm supposed to go to comments. Okay, recruiters, uh, what advice do you have about communicating to recruiters? Let's discuss recruiters. Look, if you're new in the industry, you don't have at least two, if not three type game titles professionally published on the, in, on the market. Do not use a recruiter. You are not worth a $20,000 fee. By using a recruiter, you know, there are two types of recruiters. There's contingency recruiters. They're going to have a relationship with 50 game companies. EA is going to open up an art director job, and they're going to go to 20 contingency recruiters at the same time. Hey, guy. Hey, guys, art director. Whoever finds the first one wins. And on the, all these recruiters are spinning like crazy, throwing resumes all over the place, throwing your generic resume that's not customized, by the way, don't like that, uh, to the company, hoping and praying. You know what I mean? So. No, you don't want to do that. First of all, that locks you out of the industry. So there's because there's a fee in your head for the next year. You know what I mean? And, you know, so unless you've got industry experience, th two to three games published, please do not go to a recruiter. You know, with industry experience, someone like me will rock your world. But prior to that, no, no, no. And if, frankly, if a recruiter took your resume when you didn't have the experience you really needed, Put them on your uh, blacklist because uh, they don't really care about you. They just care about doing a deal. That's not what this is about. So, uh, so please with recruiters. So, but if you are working with recruiters, there's some great recruiters out there. Interview them. Make sure they understand the space. If they don't, get rid of them. If they can't talk the talk, walk the walk. They're not going to be able to represent you properly. If they don't understand you then they're not going to be able to sell you. So make sure you find the right recruiter. There are a few companies that specialize in our industry, and I recommend you go to those. Okay, so let's go to the next question. 
LinkedIn skills, should you include what you have touched for a basis and need to explore? You know, for LinkedIn skills, okay, what skills do you list? You know, what I do is I list my best skill first, Unreal Engine 4, hello. And by the way, don't just do Unreal Engine. It's real important that you know Unreal Engine 4 over Unreal Engine 3 or frankly over Unreal Engine 1. So you really need to, when you're listing your skills, make sure no abbreviations, no 3DS, 3D Studio Max. You can put 3DS in parentheses, but again, you want to make sure the computer understands you have the skill and you want to make sure people understand it as well. But I would list my skills in the area of how well I know them. I wouldn't exactly reveal that to the, uh, you know, the resume reader. And of course, uh, you know, if you only know something, you barely know it. You don't really know it. Don't put it on the resume. You know, come on, use uh, use use judgment. Uh, if you're out of the industry, someone asked about writing blogs. Uh, you want to write about your experience and how your experience applies to the game industry. Yes, I was in Procter and Gamble, and yes, it was soap, but I still had to do monetization. I still was tracking the product. I still was discussing features. I still was talking to marketing. So you're doing all the product management stuff that we need you to do for games. And then if you communicate that you're a gamer, because we know we can see in the resume, you're playing all these mobile games, you're playing all these whatever games. All right, that's how you're gonna get yourself uh, to be attractive to uh, a game industry company, because you're talking to them in their language. Okay, so how do I get to some of these other questions? Okay. Uh, so, of course, uh, people are talking about uh, working with independent game companies. You know, you definitely want to tell people who your company is, what they do. And, of course, if you're job hunting uh, because of funding or whatnot, you want to indicate that inside the resume. Uh, is it possible to match too much to the job application and then be rejected? Well, you'd be rejected if it's not believable that you have the experience. And what I might, what I mean by not believable is, okay, you were in the job for three months, but you expect me to believe that you did the, narr the narrative system for the game? Right. Okay. It's a AAA game. It takes three years to make. You were there three months and you expect me to believe you accomplished XYZ. So, that's where uh, you might get yourself uh, in, a, you know, in a little trouble and it not be believable. But otherwise, if you're matching that resume and it feels real, are you kidding me? They're talking to you. So um, great. Um, okay, newbies in the, re in the industry don't have experience. How do you fill in your resume? Get experience. Get on the internet. Hey, what about everyone in college? They all need experience. They went through the same game program you did. Contact them. Go make a game. Become the producer of that project. Become the lead programmer. Work on the server. Work on the client. Do the graphics. Do the art. So get, if you can't find it, get on Gamma Sutra. Go find a team of people. Get on Google. Who right now? Do game jams. Create the experience you need. So you can put that in your resume. I don't want to know that you are working at Walmart. I want to know that you volunteered to work at, you know, Lion Games and that it's an independent company and we tried to make an MMO, an RPG. Well, I would never try an RPG. <laughs> That's a bit too much of a game. You know, you, know, you want to size the game to something uh, doable, something complete, 
Of course, on your demo, you never want to show something that's not complete. Incomplete things mean uh, communicate negative stuff about you. So uh, yeah, so that uh, uh, so that's what uh, what you want to do if you're a newbie to get experience. Um, that's how you you know that's how you create that experience on the resume. Okay, sorry about that. It's a little distracting to read and then uh, trying to answer. As an indie developer who did up who did as producer, business developer, creative director, game designer, I feel that recruiters only look for people who work in big projects shipped triple A. You know, yeah and no. You know, on the surface, a game company is going to recruiter to find them the perfect person. You know what I mean? And yeah, for a recruiter who doesn't understand the industry very well, is really also looking for the perfect person. But if you're going to come to someone like me, I'm going to help it, help you package and market yourself correctly and tell your story. And I'm going to go to my client and tell your story because believe me, I run a retained search firm. I'm being paid to do the searches up front. I am talking to my clients. A client pays me. They're not going to 5,000 recruiters at the same time. I'm the only recruiter working on that art director search. I'm the only recruiter working on that server search. So you believe I have their attention, and I'm then going to present to you so that they get it and they see you, the skills you've got and why. Now, of course, if you're not working with a recruiter like me, you got to do that yourself, which is why uh, you know I'm having you be a little bit more assertive in your job hunt when you actually go out there and we talk about uh, job hunting. Any advice to job hunting without alerting your boss? Yeah, don't do the automated LinkedIn job hunt thing because how is that going to prevent your boss from finding that out? That's number one. Uh, number two, uh, just be careful. You know, obviously you're not going to use your boss as a reference. You'll have to find somebody else that you trust at the current company to use as a reference. Uh, if you do trust your boss and have a conversation, let them know, you know, um, that you're looking around. But it really isn't that very, uh, very difficult. You're using your personal email. You're never using your, your work email. Uh, you're doing the job hunt on your personal time. Uh, so there's really uh, no, no need for the manager to find out. Breaking out something. Give any advice for writing law. Okay, we answered that one. How can you overcome this? Okay, my background is in marketing. No, no, no. Okay, if you were unemployed for an extended amount of time, but were training, learning on your own uh, while job hunting, could you include that in experience anywhere? Absolutely. Make a section called personal time. I don't know. Come up with something else. You know, come up with some way of labeling it. Let us know how long it was and list under there what you did. I took an agile scrum training class. I got the certification. Here's my certification number. I, uh, you know, did a coding. I took coding C++. I did Unreal Engine 4 training listed all under there. Are you kidding? People love that stuff. Sometimes we have issues in our life. We can't work. We've got to fill in the time and that you filled in your time studying and teaching yourself communicates such good things about who you are as a human being and what you will do for me as an employee. Please don't ever be embarrassed about that. That is wonderful. Get it in your resume, but present it in a way so that it's part of your job movement and people understand what happened. So, uh, yeah, so definitely there's uh, no uh, no shame. In fact, everyone needs to get their own experience. So are there gaps? Go fill the gaps up. Any tips for specializing professionally and working remotely? 
Um, well, every everyone's working remotely these days, uh, thanks to COVID, and I don't think that we're going to be going back to this uh, five day a week, uh, nine to five or nine to ten at night uh, in the office anymore. Uh, we're finding, I'm hearing from CEOs all over the place that they're uh, on their dev schedules for the first time, that the production level has gone up. Yeah, some people have distractions at home. They've got 10 kids. They can't close the door. There's no separation. Uh, so there are some people that must have their own environment or leave the house. But on the whole, it's been working really well. So these days, working remotely and selling yourself as a remote worker is no longer a problem like it was before. So uh, I don't think you'll be experiencing any of that. So uh, great. Yes, you can use. Uh, I don't like incomplete games to be used uh, on your demos, or uh, because incomplete uh, communicates negative things about you. Are you going to be incomplete? Um, I uh, showing group projects like uh, ten artists worked on the final project. You know what? The art director has seen it ten times. So if you're going to show that image. You better be very specific about what you did in I did the rigging, I did the skinning, so that people understand what your expertise is. Because if you just show the same uh, demo uh, that everyone programmed or that everyone did uh, is showing as an art example, come on now. That's just not going to be highlighting your skills and what you do. So uh, if you're going to be using that uh, school stuff, uh, get into detail about what it is you did. You know, and when you're actively job hunting, I really recommend that you start job hunting the last year in school. Uh, you know, we'll get to that on a next conference call. Uh, but uh, if you do that appropriately, every time you do something, uh, create a new game, even though it took you two months, you let your network know. And that's how you start the process of engaging your network and then job hunting through your network. But that's just uh, another topic. Thanks for listening to Indie Game Business. You can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at indiegame.business.